Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. So today we're going to be diving into a little wanderlust with our guest, Jennifer Huber. Jennifer is the founder of Solo Travel Girl, where she writes about the experience of traveling alone, not lonely. She is also the author of A to Z of a Solo Travel Girl, which was a really fun read with a lot of really helpful and practical tips for those planning their own solo travel adventures. I've linked her book in the show notes so that you can check it out. I originally met Jennifer at a blogger retreat on Florida's nature coast last year, and I've really loved following her content ever since. My own solo travel experiences have been limited to the United States, but I've always been really intrigued by the idea of doing more solo travel, and I love the confidence that solo travel can bring. So in today's conversation, we talk about the profound impact that solo travel can have on our lives, the power of building connections even when you're traveling alone, how to stay safe while traveling solo, and why this is actually the perfect time to prepare for your next solo adventure. We even talked about traveling with pets. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Valerie. Thank you for having me, inviting me. Yes, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Now, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Again, my name is Jennifer Huber, and I like to say a hiking trail led me to a career path into the tourism industry. When I was going to college, I spent my summers working in Yellowstone National Park, and I worked for a park management company, so I did not work for the National Park Service, although I volunteered with them for one summer. But I worked in the kitchen, then I worked at the front desk at the lodges, and eventually I got into customer service and uh, training. And the company that I worked for, they also manage other national parks. So I also spent time in Death Valley National Park and most recently Everglades National Park. And so I've been living in Southwest Florida for, oh my goodness, (laughs) (laughs) almost 12 years. I've I've been a Floridian since uh, for over 20 years. I'm originally from New York State and um, I started blogging. Before people knew what blogging was, I remember attending workshops and people are like, wait, you're putting your personal life online so the whole world can read it? And this was like in 2003 or 2004. Um, But today, my most recent blog is called Solo Travel Girl. I'm all about traveling alone, not lonely. And I like to encourage others to do the same. That's incredible. And working with the national parks, I mean, you have to have the most beautiful view in your office. Um, Now, tell me a little bit about Solo Travel Girl and when you first embarked on solo travel and realized that it was a passion. Sure. Well, I founded Solo Travel Girl in 2009, so over 11 years ago. And my first solo trip, well, I guess it would have to be when I was... um, In college, my first trip to Yellowstone, 
and that was in 1990, so I'm dating myself. But I remember I was so scared getting on that plane, and I was 20 years old, and I mean, I went to college by myself, but I had roommates and stuff and didn't know anyone, but I was going almost across the country. I wasn't going to know anyone, and I was just so scared. And you know when they say when you're scared, there's like that fight or flight um, sensation that comes over you, and I just knew that... I really wanted to spend a summer in Yellowstone National Park. And the reason why is um, three years prior, my mom and my sisters, they took a trip to Florida. My mom liked getting bumped off of flights because it was seemed to be easier then. And then she got three free airline tickets. And then she did it again. And she got three free, another three free airline tickets. So there ended up being six free airline tickets. And my father was a school teacher growing up and he also worked summer schools and he coached football. So the only time that we had a vacation was our spring break. And we would drive from New York down to Florida. So east of the Mississippi is all we ever knew, basically kind of the I-75 corridor. So since my mom had these six tickets, we wanted to go on vacation somewhere where we never been. So we went west of the Mississippi and we went to Yellowstone National Park and I just fell in love with it. And then I was talking to the people who are working there and I'm like, oh, well, you must be a biology major or you must be science. And at that time I wanted to pursue a degree in journalism or communications. And they're like, oh no, I'm a business major. I'm a communications major. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, this is going to be a goal of mine. So I guess jumping back to my story, my first summer in Yellowstone, it, even though I really wanted to do it, it was a frightening experience, but I just pushed myself to do it. So there's a little bit of the exhilaration and kind of doing something, heading out into the unknown and not sure how it's going to be. So from there, I traveled cross country by myself. Um, I've done several things by myself, some maybe it was dumb of me to do, put myself in awkward situations. But um, as I was doing, um, or business travel was part of my my job early in my career. Once I left the park system, um, I was in London and it was the same thing. I went there by myself. Now I had a representative over there, but I really didn't know her. And I was staying at this hotel at the airport and I was looking at her itinerary and it was all business appointments. And I'm like, I fly all the way over to London. I've never been here before. And all I'm gonna see are a bunch of office buildings and maybe what I see from the um, from the tube, from the train, or if we're in a taxi or something. So I remember getting up at five o'clock in the morning because I had a 10 o'clock appointment, getting up at five o'clock, taking the tube into London just so I could at least see Buckingham Palace and then getting back on the tube and meeting up with my representative for a 10 o'clock meeting. So I learned to make the most of my time um, because you know life is so short. Um, and I recently published a book, uh, A to Z of a Solo Travel Girl, Traits of Women Who Travel Alone, Not Lonely. And if you read in there, um, I was married at one point and my former husband, he, he passed away unexpectedly at the age of 43. And that was in 2008. And even though that we were divorced, we still had some financial obligations together. And it was really a shock uh, for someone so young without any conditions just to pass away with unexpectedly. 
So from there, it would really hit home as to how precious life is um, and how just to make the most of everything. So a year later is when I launched solotravelgirl.com was just to share my experiences and share what I'm doing and then hopefully inspire and others or empower others to do the same, to travel alone and not lonely. I think that's pretty inspirational. I think for a lot of people, it can be really scary and intimidating to take a trip, whether it's across the country or across the world um, by themselves. And I think it's so inspiring that you're able to share that passion with others. And, um, you know, it helps people grow their confidence for sure. Um, now in your book, um, you talk about that first solo travel experience in Yellowstone and how you're actually still friends with the person you met on the bus to the park. And I know for me personally, when I've traveled on my own, um, you end up having really incredible conversations at the bar or, you know, in the hotel or on a tour that you wouldn't necessarily have expected. And, you know, you make those connections, even though you're traveling on your own. Can you tell me a little bit about how you've been able to make connections on your solo travels? Yes. And what you say is, is so true. Um, I think when you're traveling alone and not lonely and that's where my tagline came from was because I was well on several trips but I remember specifically I was on a trip in the uh, Sonoma Valley by myself I actually took a road trip from San Francisco up to Seattle and I was doing a wine tour and you know I was the only single person on the bus uh, people were either coupled up or they're with their like sisters or whatever family well, no minor kids on a wine tour <laughs> but um you know, people are like, you're traveling alone? Aren't you lonely? I'm like, no, it's great. But I think when you're by yourself, you're um, one way you're more vulnerable and you're more approachable because you're not engaged in conversation with someone else. So on, yes, that, that first bus ride into Yellowstone, I'm still friends with um, Kevin. His name is Kevin. Uh, he lives in Alabama. He was originally from Alabama and he's still there. But it was just kind of well, I can make the most of this. And you were all in the same situation, in a new situation. We were going into the park. So I'm like, what's going to hurt if I say hello? And sometimes that's all it takes is a smile and saying hello. Um, but I found that I, I took a, a river cruise with Viking River Cruises. I took that by myself. And um, there's about, I can't remember, less than 200 passengers on that trip. And over the 10 days, I probably got to talk to everyone on the ship because they were just kind of curious about, well, why is this, you know, the single person, there's no one with her. Why is she by herself? Or some, I think maybe they felt a little sorry for me or they were concerned about me, wanted to make sure that I was okay. Um, so kind of the human aspect, but I just had a great time on that trip because I, I was able to meet all sorts of different people from all over the world. You know, there are a lot of Americans, but there's still a lot of Brits and Germans and people from France and some other countries in that. Um, and it really opens your, um, oh, your mindset. Um, I like to say when I travel, I'm kind of um, developing pockets of peace because I like to understand how other um, cultures are, how they're functioning and in order to do that you need to de develop one-on-one -on -one relationships with people. So you're developing maybe instant friendships, whether 
it lasts for half a day or the rest of your life. I think it's important in making those connections because there's so much un- misunderstanding going on in the world. And I think if there was better communication, um, I think that could just make the world a better place. And it makes you feel good too, which, you know, that your, your mindset, you can carry that into the rest of your life. I couldn't agree more. I think that you can meet so many incredible people on your on your travels and just learn a different way of life, a different perspective. And we really can learn from just about anybody. And so I think staying connected, whether we're traveling with others or on our own is so important and makes the trip just that much more meaningful. Now, you did mention vulnerability in traveling on your own. And I know, especially when I talk to female friends about traveling on your own, there's always a little bit of that fear. Um, How can women feel safe and prepared when they're traveling on their own? Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are some moments where I am frightened, that I'm fearful. There's some things that I haven't uh, worked up the courage to do by myself, such as going I'll go to a hotel bar, but I'm not quite comfortable going to maybe a neighborhood bar when I'm out traveling by myself. Um, I think obviously being prepared, um, and that means like keeping your phone charged. So in case you need to call an Uber or maybe look up on your map, um, making sure you're prepared that way. And knowing where you are and paying attention to your surroundings, I admit sometimes I get lost in the Walmart parking lot because I'm on my phone and when I'm going in and then coming up, which, where did I, you know, park, but, you know, just paying attention and staying in the moment um, and staying aware. Um, I remember I took a a group trip to Afghanistan, not the traditional vacation (laughs) spot, but um, a friend of mine connected me with a um, Navy SEAL who was then a contractor over there and he had just gotten back. So he, he told me, you know, keep your head on a swivel. So I keep that mindset whenever I'm going is just keep, uh, pay attention uh, to what's going on. Um, if I do drink, um, you know, at a restaurant or at the hotel bar or whatever, um, I don't overindulge. I want to make sure that I'm keeping my um, senses about me and because I don't want to put myself in that situation. Um, as your mother said, you know, lock your doors, roll your windows up. Uh, if you're driving through, thank goodness we have automatic locks and windows. Um, try to avoid, I know this sounds obvious, but dark alleys. Um, I was in Berlin a couple years ago, and I was um, actually attending an absinthe tasting, and I arrived a little early to the location. Um, so I was walking around the area, and I don't know, nothing bad happened, but there was just some weird things going on. So I just kind of avoided that. So be prepared and stay away or stay aware of your surroundings. Um, keep your head on a swivel. Those are my recommendations and, um, keep your confidence up. Don't show fear. And I think that's might be hard to do, but just, um, stand tall, you know, keep your, your eyes and head moving and, do be smart. (laughs) Definitely. I think those are really great tips that I think we even need to make sure we're incorporating into our daily lives. Um, having that, um, having that phone charged and, you know, really being aware of our surroundings and parking lots and everywhere. So that's really helpful. 
Now, you wrote a blog post about this, but how can people use this time of social distancing and quarantine uh, to plan for their next trip? I know many of us are not planning on traveling for a little while, but could this be a good time to start planning those trips? And what can people be doing right now? Well, I definitely think now is a good time to start planning. And when I released my book, I'm like, hmm, I guess it's really not a good time to release a travel book because no one is traveling. But when I got thinking about it, it actually is really a good time because there's so much you can do to prepare for a trip. Now, we don't know when we're going to be able to visit other countries or head to another state without needing to quarantine. Um, Being in Florida, lot of states that we visit we have to quarantine when we get there Um, however some of the things I recommend people can do start exercising Um, early on in the quarantine I'll admit I was drinking more than I typically do because it did seem a little apocalyptic like what's happening what's going on but um, after a short time of doing that I realized I needed to stay focused and that's when I finished up the book but um, exercise. I Because when you're traveling, whether you're traveling abroad or maybe if you're going from a sea level eleva- elevation like we are in Florida to going out west um, to a higher elevation like 8,000 feet or higher, there's an elevation change and there's a um, you're not quite acclimated to that elevation and you can experience a shortness of breath. So uh, start exercising also that builds up your endurance so you can enjoy city walks. Um, you can withstand those long transatlantic flights or flights that take you about 24 hours to reach your destination. I think the better shape that you are, um, that's going to help with your overall quality of life, but especially when you're experiencing a a bucket list vacation. Um, You can learn a language. If there's a country that you want to visit, you start learning that language or great uh, programs out there. Duolingo is awesome. It's a free program. Um, it'll help you learn a language in a, a fun way. There's other programs that I've used like Rosetta Stone, um, Pimsleur. Those are great uh, language programs as well. There are costs associated with those, but they're just terrific. Um, find your inspiration by movies. This might seem like a um, an easy one or something, but you'll pull on Amazon Prime or Netflix and find some show, whether it's Cheryl Strand's Wild, um, where she hiked the, um, was it the Pacific Crest Trail all by herself, or uh, Eat, Pray, Love. I watched that movie and, um, you know, Bali's on my bucket list now. Or um, the reason why I ended up in Afghanistan, I read The Kite Runner. Uh, That was my inspiration to go. Again, I realize that's not a traditional vacation spot for people, but I was there more interested in the, um, the cultural aspect and the, the people-to-people communications and connections with that. Um, cook. I, I really enjoy cooking and I enjoy eating even more. So if there's a, a destination or culture that you're interested, um, cook up some of those dishes. You can go online. There's great resources online, you know, the pandemic of 1918, they didn't have the internet and all these resources. Um, But today we have that. So, you know, be bold and get out of your comfort zone when it comes to food. Um, So those are some of my, uh, some of my tips for getting prepared during the, during this time for when it's um, 
when we're able to travel. And something I also need to do is check your passport. My passport expires in a few months, so I need to get that renewed. So I suggest if you do have a passport, get that done now. Um, I understand they are there is a little bit of a delay still because a lot of folks are still working from home, so things can't necessarily get done. Um, so check your passport and get that updated if necessary. Yes, that is so important. And I always think about traveling around a time when my passport is about to expire. Yes. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's anxious. And <laughs> yes, I think I'm good for the next eight or nine years now. I just got renewed last year. Oh, good. But yes, um, but I definitely needed these tips a few years ago when I was finishing up um, graduate school and, you know, not really exercising. A couple of months later, I went to Seattle and all of those hills by the oh, end of yeah. the trip, I was so glad I took an extra day off of work just to sit on my couch because we did not sit the whole trip. And I think building up your endurance, that's something we don't really think about because, um, you know, a, a vacation, a trip, you know, it is, there's something relaxing and restorative about it, but it can still take a lot out of you physically. And so those are really great tips. And um, I'm currently working very hard at Duolingo now. I've been getting um, some notifications from them, actually, that I need to do my Spanish today. So I think those are all really great, very practical tips right now, especially while we're home, while we have different time, you know, structure in our day than we normally would. Uh-huh. Um, so and I will link um, your blog post about that in the show notes as well. So people can take a look. Oh, great. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned your book, The A to Z of a Solo Travel Girl, and I'd love to know more about the inspiration behind your book and what readers can expect to find. Sure. Well, I guess every book has its own backstory. Um, So you've heard my backstory about the blog. Well, in 2013, I participated in a blogger challenge called the A to Z Challenge. And basically, it's for the month of April, bloggers of every type of blog, whether they're lifestyle blog, uh, parenting blog, finance, travel, cooking, wellness, anything, um, we blog about a different letter of the month. So April 1st, people blog about uh, something that starts with A. And then April 2nd, you blog something about and it's kind of this group where we support each other and read and comment and offer advice or whatnot. So I chose the A to Z of traits of a solo travel girl. And it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I had some challenges when it came to the letters of XYZ. Um, but I was able to find words to fit those letters. And it's something that all the the traits. They're all something that I believe in. So the book is really a, um, a fun and silly look at solo travel, but there are some definitely some practical tips. So I put the, going back, I put that, all those posts together in 2013. And I've always wanted to write a book. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I was a big fan of the Laura Ingalls Wilder books. I read all those books and read other books and watched TV show. And I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a writer. Um, And I remember being like seven years old and trying to write a journal like Laura Ingalls would. Um, 
but then I thought, well, no one's going to be interested in this. Um, so it's always been in the back of my mind that I've always wanted to publish a book. So 2017, I decided that I was going to move forward and do that. Um, I hired an editor and she helped with the editing of the book. And then we had Hurricane Irma in Southwest Florida. And then I broke my ankle and life got it in the way. And I just never moved forward with publishing. And I decided to do self-publishing because um, in the author world, they say, get your first book done and then you can work on your second and so on other books after that. Just so you can get it done. So I, because of COVID, I was working from home. However, on the evenings and the weekends, I wasn't going anywhere. So on my time off, I basically figured out the whole Kindle uh, direct publishing with Amazon. And I got it up there and it's been doing well. Um, and now I'm in the process of a paperback version which is going to have a few bonus pages in it. Um, and I can let you know, there are going to be three word searches in there, um, which are related to the words that are within the book, or related to the traits in the book. So something that I was doing during the, um, the pandemic, I understand the pandemic is still going on, but for... Is it two months, two and a half months or three months, I was doing weekly word searches for my readers. So if they're looking, because I realized people are looking for different things to do. So I would do something on national parks. I would do something on the state of Florida, something about scenic drives. So I had these free, which they're still on my website, solotravelgirl.com, free printable word searches just to kind of pass the time and hopefully inspire some travel once it's safe to do so. That's awesome. And I can say personally, the book was a really fun read. And I learned a lot of vocabulary from that myself from <laughs> when we got into the XYZ. Um, I think Xenial might be a word that I'm going to start using. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yes. So definitely, you know, enhanced my vocabulary, but it was a really great book. Would you say you have a letter or a trait in your book that you most identify with? Um, I'll admit to being navigationally challenged um, <laughs> in a fun way. I mean, thank goodness for, I was so happy when GPSs came out and then I'm happy that technology is in my phone, um, but also quirky, I would say. Um, I actually, one of my earlier blogs was called Quirky Kitsch Girl and just kind of just fun off the beat stuff because I would do something and I go in the office on Monday and they're like, you did what? Well, that sounds cool. Well, that's kind of quirky or whatnot. So definitely, uh, definitely quirky. I can definitely relate to that. And I think that makes travels more fun when you find those, you know, off the beaten path kind of quirky things to go mm -hmm. explore and do. Um, you know, of course we have to go do the, um, you know, the, maybe the more touristy, Yes. things. There's a reason that they're popular and that people love them, but it is fun to do something a little bit more quirky on a trip. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, makes it more memorable, I think, and special. Absolutely. And now how would you say overall that solo travel has impacted your life? Well, I think it's, um, it's built my confidence in other aspects of my life. And I think and it's empowered me as well, because I think when you're able to be successful 
and build confidence in one aspect of your life, you can carry that into another aspect of your life. It also helps me appreciate really what's what's important in life. Um, it's also kind of immediate. I don't know if immediate is the right word, but for instance, you, you have greater access to things um, such as like the theme parks at Disney World. They sometimes you're standing in line for a ride and they'll say, hey, are there any are there any single riders? Well, you get to cut the head of the line. Or I was at a, um, a Food Network um, event with Guy Fieri and um, my table was at the back of the room, but they had this table front and center and they needed one person to go up there. So they just moved me up there. So I had a front row without paying for it. Um, so I think that's kind of nice, the little perks. Um, so I take advantage of, of those opportunities as well with the solo travel and it just enriches my overall life. Definitely. Now, would you say, I know right now we are in a time where, you know, we have a lot of uncertainty with travel, but what would you say is the next big adventure you're hoping to embark on after the pandemic is over? And how do you think travel is going to look different for you? Well, travel has kind of evolving differently for me over the last few years because I adopted a dog and I enjoy traveling with him. Now, he doesn't get on a plane or obviously so we don't take international trips, but I enjoy taking road trips with him. Um, so immediately, I mean, I'm hoping the pandemic is slowed down somewhat, but Thanksgiving, I'm heading up to the Jacksonville area and using Hip Camp. If you've heard of, heard of that, it's kind of like the Airbnb for campgrounds. And I found this farm that has this RV and I'll be staying there and they have a, a honeybee farm as well. So road tripping with him, that's kind of in the immediate um, time. But for internet, for when the pandemic is totally gone, I am still up in the air. I mean, I've honestly, I've learned to be like Gumby <laughs> during this time to be flexible. Um, from what I'm reading and understanding, solo travel is going to be big. More people are going to be doing it because of the um, the social distancing. Maybe someone in their family doesn't want to travel, or I think um, people are, are perhaps reevaluating their quality of life right now or where they want to be, maybe questioning their own mortality or how they want the rest of their life to be. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, people maybe in a rush to check off items on their bucket list or have more meaningful experiences. And I think a lot of that is going to be through solo travel. Um, so as for me, I'm still not sure. I don't know if I'm going to get to Bali, Bali next year off my bucket list, but there's still a lot of places in the United States I'd like to visit. I, I haven't visited Hawaii. Um, I, I'd love to see a volcano. Um, so perhaps that'll happen in... 2021, maybe 2022. Oh, that would be incredible. Um, yeah, I think I could see that definitely changing over the next few years as well, because, you know, I think something that holds us back in general, sometimes from planning a trip when we're planning with other people is, you know, what are their schedules going to look like? Are they going to want to do the same things we want to do? And sometimes it just never really gets off the ground, which is a reason I really like 
you know, traveling by myself or maybe going to a city where I know some people spending some days by myself and then connecting with people on other days. But I think that could definitely right now, you know, so many of us are itching to get out of the house and um, it's the best way I think, and maybe not the easiest, but it is a great way to plan a trip and be able to, you know, as you said, check some things off of your bucket list. Um, now, probably my most important question: What kind yes. of what kind of dog? Oh, what kind of dog is he? He's yes. um, he's my rescue dog. He's well, he's a little chunk, but oh. he's a he's a terrier mix. He's about fifty pounds, but he's not that tall. He's sturdy. He was a rescue. Um, I adopted him so four years ago. I had no intentions of adopting a dog because I do like to travel and. Um, but I saw him on Facebook and I don't know, it just went down that wormhole and I ended up driving to Sebring from Northport. So it's about two hour drive to go pick him up. Um, he's from a high kill shelter up there and he's just been, he's been a lot of fun. I mean, he's, he does stay home or he, he goes to a sitter, um, if there is a trip that I can't take him on, but, um, I visit my family up in Buffalo, so I'm driving that I-75 corridor or I-95 and up, and we've had some great adventures, um, some national parks and um, Rock City. If you've ever seen like the Sea Rock City birdhouses and signs in the southeast, Lookout Mountain, Georgia, that's dog friendly, so we got to do that, and the Kentucky Horse Park in Knoxville, that's dog friendly, so there's some limitations to take traveling with a dog, but... Um, there's some fun stuff to do with them. Absolutely. That sounds like a blast. And you still get some of the benefits of solo travel, but you have, you know, your best friend with you. And exactly. I'm, and he's a good yeah. protector. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 50 pound dog people see they're not necessarily going yes. to approach. <laughs> he, he is cute and people ask to pet him, but he doesn't like other people. So let's see. <laughs> he's definitely yeah. a good protector. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, what would you say is one thing between your book and your blog that you would like everyone to know about solo travel? Well, I'd like to know if you have any hesitation to do it because you think you can't do it or you're scared or you're fearful of doing it. Just do it because I know you can do it. I know there's a solo travel girl in everyone and I guess you need to think rationally of why you can why you think you cannot do it, you know, what's holding you back. Um, start small by doing it as well. Like go to the movies by yourself or just to rest, uh, to a restaurant for lunch or dinner by yourself. Um, but I guess what, what stigma, I guess, is that people, by the press releases or sort of the outreach that I receive, about solo travel that not everyone is out there for to have relations I guess you can say it just to go have like one night stands or something that there's just some of us that we just want to travel because we want to travel it's not we're not lonely we're not looking to hook up with people we just want to have a nice fulfilling experience um engage in the culture and food and stuff I mean that's okay if people want to do that hookup and stuff but that's not necessarily what all solo travelers are looking for we're not looking for these I don't know like I've seen cruise ships where they had like these singles parties and stuff I guess there's a difference I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a difference between being single and traveling solo 
absolutely not, people aren't necessarily looking for the same thing well that definitely makes sense and I agree I think that you know you can really build your confidence the more I, I know the first time I've gone out to a restaurant on my own um, it's a little intimidating but no one is really paying attention to anyone except you know what's right in front of them anyway and the more you do it and the more you do anything, the easier it gets. So I completely, yeah. completely agree. Um, now I'd love to dive into some rapid fire questions. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. <laughs> what is your top wellness tip? Drink lots of water. <laughs> Keep Such hydrated. Good. Where is your favorite travel destination? The one I haven't been to yet. That is a great answer. I um, I was going to say you've had so many really amazing experiences. Yes. <laughs> if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I would choose to be a mermaid because <laughs> <laughs> mermaids are mammals, right? So we're animal yes. animals. I think it would just be so awesome to, um, to live in the sea and kind of like um, – tease people into whether <laughs> I, I'm real or not <laughs> and all the seafood. Yeah. I love that. I think uh, mermaids are, you know, they're a little bit of troublemakers too, which is kind they of fun. Are. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's, that is a great answer. Um, what is your number one favorite show to binge? All right. So during the quarantine, it has been, I'm going old school here. Leave it to Beaver. I binged all, is it 237 episodes? 234. And I want to binge it again. But I also (laughs) like um, uh, Ozark. I binged that. That Um, one is on my list. Yeah, it's kind of dark. But it's it's good. I feel like in, not that I would, but I feel like in properly launder money. No, but, <laughs> and the um was it marvelous mrs mazel on yes. prime that's awesome she is yeah. so funny yes can't wait for season three yes um what is your favorite quarantine activity cooking and then eating oh and then f- in between there photographing the food <laughs> yes <laughs> well if you didn't take a picture of it did you make it exactly <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your experiences. I think, uh, you know, I hope that our listeners can find the solo travel girl in all of us. And we're going to link your book and your blog in the show notes. Now, where else can people find you? Sure. Again, my website is solotravelgirl.com. And I will have a newsletter where people can sign up so they can learn when the paperback is released if they're not necessarily into the kindle version um i also have facebook page that's just find me at solo travel girl and instagram and twitter are also solo travel girl awesome thank you so much thank you so much valerie i really enjoyed this i had a lot of fun recording this interview with jennifer and getting to hear some of her insights jennifer shared some really helpful ways to give travelers the confidence on their solo journeys. And I truly can't wait to start preparing for my next trip when things feel just a little bit safer in the world to start traveling again. 
I've linked Jennifer's information in the show notes along with her ebook, which is available on Amazon, so be sure to check it out. I am available at Wellness and Wanderlust blog on Instagram, so please feel free to shoot me a DM. Let me know what you're looking to see on the podcast. And if you liked this episode, please rate and review so that others can find the podcast more easily. Subscribe and share with a friend, and we will see you next week.